welcome to Magical Girls Gone Canon, Episode 6, Sailor Moon Eternal, Part 2. Welcome back. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. We're here to finish up Sailor Moon Eternal for the historians. It's February in 2024, and regrettably... We still do not have a Sailor Cosmos (laughs) announcement in the United States of America. And yes, we are still sorry for our implications that we did have one earlier in the episodes before. We are sorry. I swear that I saw it. And also, I think everyone expects that it would have been out by now. But, you know, now it's just the Sailor Moon eternal wait. (laughs) Eternal waiting for Sailor Cosmos to make an international release. And I know that there are fan subs out there. You know, people are probably, like, watching it. I just don't feel like... I just am waiting. I think it could get a theatrical release. And I'm kind of wondering if Mm. that's what's happening. Like, that's why it hasn't been released. I think it has the potential for getting a theatrical release. And I live in, like, a real city, so I might be able to see it this time. (gasps) Yeah. So, like, I just think that it could happen because... I don't know. Every now and then they do that, right? Like, every now and then with the really big animes, they'll do that. Granted, for example, like Evangelion, the fourth rebuild film was released on Amazon Prime, I don't know, like a year or so, many, many months earlier, but then it did get a theatrical release, but it was only for one day. I think Sailor Moon would get probably, I don't know, four days or something, but Mm. I think it's possible. I would love that. I didn't even really consider that. So the hype builds. Thank you, Eliana, for building the hype up and... You know, although we are now kind of, after this, wrapped up with the current published reiteration of Sailor Moon, up until Cosmos, we await Cosmos, and you never know, there might be some other stuff that happens for us on Magical Girls Gone Canon. We've we've tossed some ideas around, but I think that up until Cosmos, we will wait for Cosmos first, and then we'll explore some of those ideas. So this is what a special limited edition podcast for now. For now, for now. Yeah, like you said, the tale can grow in the telling, just like George says, but... Yep, another published work finished. (laughs) I mean, this one is finished. It's just Mm -hmm. not in the US. Published here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh. Well, as we get into part two of Eternal, I want to shout out once more, if you have only found us through this podcast... Congrats. Hello. Thanks for joining. We've really appreciated you listening. But you can also check out our A Song of Ice and Fire read-through podcast, where we cover A Song of Ice and Fire POV by POV character, one chapter at a time. We're also right now on our Patreon covering another magical girl, in my opinion, named Katniss, the girl on fire. Mm. Yes, we are finishing up The Hunger Games. Uh, Our final The Hunger Games novel episode will be out by the end of the month for patrons in the stranger tier and above at patreon.com slash girls gone canon we've done three episodes so far and we're kind of excited to move on to catching fire after this yeah when we say that we're doing our final hunger games episode we mean of the book not the series it's a little confusing and we also cover a couple of other things right like for example we've finished up our read through of the his dark materials trilogy and also even our coverage of the television show. We did cover the first book of the new trilogy, La Belle Sauvage, and we'll return with the Secret Commonwealth at some point. But yeah, so we cover a lot of different stuff. And if maybe part of what you really like about Sailor Moon is the Greek mythology part, we have also, on our Patreon, covered some of the Madeline Miller books. Yeah, Circe and, of course, Achilles. The Song of Achilles, I should say. The Song of. The Song of, comma. I love those fucking books, and I think she's writing Persephone is the new one, right? right. She's coming out with Persephone. I know it was reading in our Discord, you know, I think she's had a little couple setbacks on it, but I think that, oh, I can't wait for that one. That one's going to be awesome with a good twist like she always does, I'm sure. Uh, lots Lots to listen to over at our Patreon for those bonus episodes, and We have a couple other perks over there. Check it out. Like our Thunder tier, who gets lifetime Discord server access. Uh, It's a private Discord server. Everyone's always over there chatting about what they're watching, what they're reading, what they're eating. The most important three things in life, I would say. Come join us. Come join us and be a Thunder tier patron. Yeah. But for now, this is what we got. This is what we got at Sailor Moon. It's just like in the 90s where they ended it after the fourth... Well, fifth season, I guess. I don't know. How do we count the Demon Tree episode? 
demon tree stuff. But yeah. anyways, it's just yeah. like that. <laughs> it is. No, I, I really liked part two. I will say the pacing, especially for the things happening in that in this part of the movie, I think the pacing's a little slower and more drawn out in some aspects. And it works in some ways, it doesn't work in others. I was like kind of surprised by how little actually happens in the second part versus how long it takes for those little to happen. And I'm not complaining. I'll take what I can get of content, but it was interesting to me pacing wise. I do think overall big improvement on subtitles. I don't know if you noticed, but far fewer mistakes on the English subs Mm -hmm. and overall the tone, the color, the art style was really beautiful. I liked the color, especially it popped so much. But the animation was definitely just reusing scenes from the show, like on and off, just stock. And here's this transformation. And I had to laugh. I had to laugh. It's not even that, but also like they just did not animate some parts. And I was like, yeah. they just they just like <laughs> did a still and then someone drew it and they just didn't animate it. Or the animation was like, you know, when you do a PowerPoint and you're like, I'm going to just yes. slide, slide the text in there. And that's what they did with the mirror at one point in Elysian. Mm-hmm. They were like slide the mirror (laughs) and i was like where did you come from there were some of those that were like artistic looking choices and then some of them that i'm like what just happened here and i i kind of wonder how many of those were artistic choices and how many were what just happened here moments i think some of the ones that are like artistic choices are the ones that are like very much exactly recreating some of the frames Mm -hmm. from the manga like a lot of the scenes not only are they used from the show they are just literally compose the exact same way as it is in the manga like you know where they run up against the mirror or like when sailor saturn is reminiscing about like oh i remember this thing about silver millennium and then she also like powerpoint slides up and is like hunched over and has like this stylized swirl around her that's from the manga or like when all the centuries are doing their crystal power thing the way that's composed or like the entire sequence between queen serenity and baby usagi crying about a nightmare that's mm. literally shot for shot the manga as well. Yeah. Back to back of Queen Serenity and Queen Nehalania also. But it's just kind of funny because like, as I said in part one of Sailor Moon Eternal, I read this so much on the toilet. So I know these frames by heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's kind of funny. I actually disagree on the pacing. I found it too fast because like, I was like, wow, one second, you know, Chibius is so jazzed. She's like, no, I know Helios isn't dead. And then the very next second, they're like the literally the next frame is Mars or someone going like something's wrong. And there is no weight given to the fact that we're like, wow, I'm so glad Helios isn't dead. Or we keep going from like one outfit change to back to the, you know, formal dress wear, back to the sealer Fuku, back to the to the dress wear. And like, we just switched all over that and i just felt like we went to so many different places in a very short amount of time and again they just like swipe things into the frame so i actually found it too fast it like needed i don't know just like more padding or filler you know actually more storytelling i think is part of it i agree with that i think my problem was actually i mean the pacing was all over the place Mm. and like i said i felt like there wasn't a lot well but that's more what i mean like nothing was happening although there was a lot of changes things were disconnected disjointed and like there just wasn't as much for as much time as they took to tell that i feel like they could have used that time more effectively to your point, like the filler, I wanted a little bit of filler and weight to some of the characters. And I think that the most weight we get, as we'll talk about, is like Chibiusa and Usagi and some Saturn introspection and Mamo introspection. But like otherwise, everyone else was kind of sayonara on their own. Yeah, yeah. It It's just, I don't know. It's just like really fast. And that's because they're just basically doing a one-on-one adaptation of the manga. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want like something that's faithful to the manga, I guess, but maybe with a little creativity. That's all. Right. And, and where's the, the connective tissue? You know, the, the good connective tissue was what I was missing. It was more like things happening. Yeah. And I get the sense like, you know, if this is how it was for Eternal, which is, you know, the same amount of time probably to cover an entire arc. I think we could probably expect it to be the same in Cosmos. Yeah, it's about 80 minutes per film, I think, right? Yeah. So So I don't think like, you know, I think it's just like 
Gotta set expectations for that then. Mm-hmm. Well, we open up the episode with Sailor Saturn restoring Hotaru's memories of her previous life. Uh, and it's actually like a really touching set of events. It's kind of, it opens up almost Stepfordy, right? It's like very uh-huh. alternate universe. You don't know where, why the fuck you're with Haruka and Michiru and Hotaru and like why you should care at first because they're having a happy little life. They're like, oh, baby Saturn just outgrew all these clothes. Oh no. And it's kind of cute. And there's still a tinge of like, you know, like weird going on. You know that something's going on. Baby Saturn is absolutely cute with those big fucking violet eyes. I'm like, oh, you're so yeah. stupid cute with your big head. And she's very dune-coated, very St. Alia of the knife-coated. She's a child that's too advanced for her age and unmanageable and out of hands for the parents. And also, I'm quite obviously not making this, du- this dune reference up because then we get that line from her that the sleeper must awaken. Oh, interesting, interesting. Is that how it is in the manga, Eliana? Do they make that joke in the manga or is it only in the show? I don't remember. It could be a translation thing. I'll have to check that part again. I, because I don't, it's literally a dude reference. I don't think I remember like the language as much. And plus also the translators would be different between like what exists now and like current publications yeah. in the manga versus the ones That's in true. Like, the 90s. But I thought <laughs> I have not watched this movie nor read this book, but I was like, is this like Renesme? Which came yes. way later. <laughs> came much, What's really funny much is that was later. in my note originally. Like oh, originally I wrote that as my note and I deleted it. <laughs> Literally. I don't even that is like, what it is. know what I'm referencing, but I know it exists because there's so many memes about it. And that did happen, of course, after Sailor Moon and so forth came out, but just funny. Yeah, absolutely. It's And that's the same idea, right? Like, Renesmee is absolutely ripped from Dune. Uh-huh, <laughs> so are okay, most things from Star Wars, but the Star same Wars idea, and, yes. And Oh, okay, sorry. I was like thinking, I was like, Star Wars and Twilight, not, not things I think of as having... They're very similar, you know, and the anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's all right, back to these stars, Star Wars. There's that trippy little scene of Saturn and Chibiusa's friendship and that like ghost of them playing as Hotaru's playing the violin. I thought that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it alludes a little bit to like Helios later, right? And his death slash undeath. Mm, true. And like the sailor guardian the the mini guardians as well, I guess. And it's like a sad little mini world where they could have had a happy life, right? All of them. Uh, here you have a whole new chance to regrow baby Hotaru and do it right and take care of her right. But sorry, there's a world to be saved. I don't make the rules, so I'm going to need the outer senshi to fucking focus because here comes the fucking plot to whip them into shape. Also, where did they get this house from? Questions I have. Right. And there's a lot of little like side comments going on, and we're going to talk about some of these sexy little outfits. There's that great shot of like, you know, Haruka's boobies. Yeah, out. yeah. Oh man, it's a hot little outfit. I was like, ooh, ooh, daddy, yeah. daddy, Uranus, wow. Papa, more like Haruka, daddy. Yeah, Haruka, <laughs> daddy. Ooh, that yeah. was I was like sitting there and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, just the curvature, you know, like very sexy and very like. You know, masculinity and femininity can exist in one place and make me wet both times. You know, it's great. It's a great world we live in. Saturn's making all these fucking references on top of the Dune stuff, by the way. Like, there's an an Einstein reference that gets made. And then she also makes this real... Yeah. I'm like... She busts out with that. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Who loaded the computer into this fucking toddler's brain? Uh, Again, it's Dune. But... So not only is there the Einstein reference, but then she says this line from a Yeats poem... And I knew I knew it, and I was like, where do I know that line from? She says, and what rough beast, it's our come round at last. She says, and what rough beast? And I'm like, wait a second, I know in what rough beast. It's a fucking Yates poem. It's uh, one of his poems from post-World War One, The Second Coming, and it, it kind of, the poem itself kind of predicts, like, time's up for humanity. This is the mm-hmm. end of civilization as we know it. It's all about to be undone. Uh, And that's great, of course, setting up what we're about to watch, right? Because civilization, humanity once more are at stake, yada yada, being undone. We're watching it over and over again in this story. Uh, So a couple, here's the last, there's two, uh, two big stanzas for this. And the last one is, Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of spiritus mundi troubles my sight somewhere in the sands of a desert. 
a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving its slow thighs while all about it reel shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle, and what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Why, it's Nehalania. Mm, yeah. He didn't write that part. I did, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, isn't Hotaru, like, holding a little book, right, of the Yeats mm-hmm. poems or something throughout this? So, great call on on connecting those. And I, I don't think I would have, and I didn't. You know, I don't have this poem memorized. I'm actually really bad at that, so... Great I just job. know specific parts that I'm like, that's a Yeats poem. That's a fuck. And I just knew it. I knew that was Yeats. I know I'd read it before. He's not really my type usually, though. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of you are probably familiar to some extent, maybe with like a first part of this poem with the things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Famous, famous yeah. line lends itself to a book. But great <laughs> call. Great call. There's a lot of philosophy going on in this episode, actually. Yeah. In this part of the movie, I was kind of surprised. There's a lot of little references to philosophers and a lot of little things that are like heavily debated by philosophers. And uh, you can definitely see the set dressing for revelations for some of the Grecian Roman mythology. Lots of stuff happening. Yeah. And I like what you're saying here also about the second coming, because now I'm like thinking about it. And it's obviously Queen... Metalia and Queen Beryl are enemies from their past, but like Nehalania is one from their past, right? Versus how the other, the Dark Moon, they were from the future, Dead Moon from the past. Mm. And then Pharaoh 90, just wilding out. That's it, just wilding out. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way and you look at the scape of them, right? It's like mm-hmm. a whole timeline of like failed attempts in the future and in the past and in the present and how the moon kingdom has had to kind of evade them. Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes I'm like, did Queen Serenity do a good job? Unsure. I feel like even here we start to unravel some of that, that like she did the best job she could, which is akin to Yusagi, right? As we see her do the best job she can as a fucking born again teenager. (laughs) Yeah. Born again teenager. Mm Mm-mm. So Hotaru gives Haruka, Michiru, and Setsuna their crystals, and then Sailor Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Saturn, they are transformed into their super sailors just in time to fight the Amazonas Quartet with the other Senshi. I love that the outer Senshi do come to help and like choose to help of their own volition in this part of the story. I think that's really important, right, where we've seen them be really resistant in the past, where they're played as obstinate and stubborn as, as unhelping in some aspects. And you could see it really in Venus's face when they arrive. It's really sweet, actually. Like, Venus has this look like, what? And then she's like, oh my god, you came. Obviously, we knew they would, but the girls didn't know they were going to come. Like, how would they have? Even this, like, the outer century, they really wanted to join too. They're, like, crying. They're like, I miss everyone. They didn't know they were going to be there either because they're like, "Uh, what are we going to do? Go die? We can't fight. (laughs) Yeah, at least you can die together, you know? (laughs) Oh, shit. I mean that in a good way though like at least like if you all you can do is sit aside and watch your loved ones fight and die alone at least you can go be with them yeah I mean they'd probably give it a try too they'd probably be like I guess let's go fight with absolutely nothing (laughs) yeah there is one change here even from I think the 90s and I think it might be in the manga as well that Saturn gives them their crystals and their superpowers which Mm -hmm. I don't mind it I think it's fine But also it's interesting because usually becoming a super sailor scout, there's a lot of tongue twisters in this episode. Uh, Becoming a super sailor scout usually requires like all this introspection and understanding of yourself in the past and like revealing something new you've learned about yourself that catalysts you into your super sailor transformation. But, but although we don't get anything new about their personalities or any sort of flavor or filling here, we do get a sailor Saturn transformation, which has never happened. Uh, Ever. True. Good point. Good Ever. Point. So, really, am I upset? No. I'm happy to have the Sailor Saturn transformation. Glad they work. <laughs> yeah. They, you know what? They gave me a great trade off. Um, I'm happy to avoid the inner Senshi having realizations about themselves if it means Sailor Saturn transformation. I, I just think it's so funny because on on one hand. I feel as though they had it really easy compared to the inner century who all had like near death experiences to get their power upgrade. 
right? They had mm-hmm. to go through a whole trial to do that and a lot of turmoil. But on the other hand, I'm also like, well, they did have to go through parenthood and raising a baby and going <laughs> through all that and changing diapers. So maybe that was the trial in and of itself because that sounds pretty difficult too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is a maybe trial. That might was. be a better trial. <laughs> that's how they get their super sailor <laughs> transformation. They earned it. Yeah, they earned it by like not having any sleep at night shout out to you parents out there even if you don't Mm -hmm. have fucking super genius hotaru in your your crib right now i'm sure your child rocks because of you yeah and i mean (laughs) they did have to deal for it as long obviously but Mm -hmm. you know michiru did lose her vintage plates and like that's that's rough i feel that um (laughs) yeah i'm also very here we were talking about the outfits earlier i'm very here for setsuna's like mesh top and bra outfit they're looking hot get you a girl who can do both she's got her like doctor like doctor coat thing and then she's out here in her like 90s rave outfit let's go let's go she's like setsuna and abby from ncis are shaking hands and doing shots together they're like goth girl doctor what up that's it um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, goth mommy. No, every single outer senshi is like killing it. Yeah. Right? Even like Saturn when she ages up again later, like I'm like, good for you. Like you got your like mini baby uh Wednesday Adams slash <laughs> yeah. Lydia Dietz slash <laughs> I'm also like, baby wow. They had her like wearing this what children's dress when she comes out. She's like <laughs> Here I am, wearing the I dress. I love that she's sitting there, like, yeah. respecting her three moms. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes oh a family really is three moms and one fucking psycho child that grows too fast with too much knowledge. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Sailor Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, and Venus then are released from Pala Pala's vines. Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask are mortally wounded by Zirconia. And then Helios teleports Usagi and Mamoru, who are, like, in baby form, to Elysian. <laughs> To save their lives, and then they have this like super cute scene of them as like babies talking about their dreams. Yeah, they're so cute and chibi. They're little baby. I love Mamo's like, I want to be a doctor, Usagi, and I'm like, okay, tuberculosis on legs. Like, good luck being a doctor. You're the one that's gonna be in the hospital bed, depending on the day, night, year, week. Yeah, but he forgot that dream, right? Because he's like, I don't know. In Usagi's dream, he's all like. I just want to be, like, the greatest husband. My dream is to just marry you. It is cute, though. Like, obviously, they're they're clouded by... Uh, dreams and nightmares is a huge theme, right, mm-hmm. in this episode. And I'm reminded a little bit of Morpheus for mythology and some of those stories oh. with him. Wrong, wrong, wrong one. Yeah, wrong one. Wrong, wrong one. one. Take the M off, and it's... Yeah. Oh, I am wearing... Yes. I am wearing my, oh, my yeah, Hades Town are. shirt oh, today, God. if you see. You wow. guys can't, but I am. I'm seeing it in a couple months. I'm hyped. Persephone. Yeah. yeah, I wore it just for you. Actually, I kind of didn't think about it. I put it on before the dermatologist you earlier. Told me but it was for me. Yeah, you I like to ruin me. the romance. Um, no, but besides like the dream nightmare scenarios that keep popping off, I do want to say it's kind of a sweet sequence of baby them because they're kind of being the children they never get to be together, right? Because the dream's yeah. over really quickly, like really quickly. But Mamo and Yusagi don't have time to just date every life they save you know worlds together this is the inner healing they don't get a chance to have a chance to talk about those dreams they could have in this world the dreams that kind of tie them together that they could accomplish together with each other's support but they're not allowed to because of their duties right because then they always end up waking up and they're like oh fuck i'm the princess of the moon kingdom and i'm in Demian. And that happens, like, every time that they're reincarnated under <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least, like, they get it better this time around, right? Last time around, you know, he died, and she's like, fuck this. Yeah. And then she just killed herself. And, yeah, I, it's, as you said, dreams and nightmares are a big part of this arc. We talked a lot about, I think, the dreams um, and how they manifest for the inner century and what it means, like, for people's hopes for themselves last, last episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think same as for... The inner senshi, Mamoru and Usagi realize, you know, their dreams aren't just for them. They have bigger dreams than just, you know, Mamoru wanting to be the greatest house husband to Usagi and take care of her or even like being a doctor. I'm not understanding what's so negative about that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Are you anti-Meninist, Dalia? I, I, oh my God. I think that like, 
It's funny because Usagi's like, wait, this seems weird. That doesn't seem like you or your dream. And she realizes it because she's like, wait, I don't understand. I thought he had a different dream. Like, we're not codependent. But also, I think this is also slightly a cultural difference, too, for them to be like, no, my dream is to live for someone else and to be of service in this, like, bigger way as opposed to necessarily, like, this living for themselves and self-manifestation. Because, mm -hmm. like, Saturn comes in, she's like, Albert Einstein said the best thing is to live for other. I was like, okay, what is happening? And I think this is sort of like one of those, yeah, cultural differences between, you know, Asian culture and Western culture. Mm -hmm. So understood. That makes sense. That's my that's my guess. And that's why they're all like, yeah, our dream is to protect this planet and be together. I'm like, great power couple. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's more fulfilling to keep saving the worlds over and over again, I guess. Oh, living for other people? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm just saying this is... <laughs> oh my god. Let me you, tell you all I don't about the... know about that. Let me tell you all about the Facebook group, <laughs> Subtle Asian Mental Health. God, maybe I need to hear more. Am I worried? Should I be worried? No, I just, you know, it's good. People are reaching out and supporting each other. <laughs> I'm happy about that. I'm happy yeah. about that. Meanwhile, outside of this little dream world... Sailor Chibi Moon and Saturn confront the Amazoness Quartet. Saturn reveals the Amazoness Quartet were corrupted by Nehalania's nightmare power. Dun dun dun, which dun, is dun, exactly dun. what's happening in the scene before. Yeah, and we get hints about them from when they were like, are you enjoying your solar system game? And you look and she's just straight up recreating the whole solar system in midair and then also Uranus. And I think that was kind of cool. It's cool to see the other powers that the Senshi have besides just combat. And and stuff, but yeah, basically Hotaru's like, yeah, we're at 4.6 billion years in now. And it's like, here are the asteroids, right? The asteroids are also guardians, but they're deciding whether to be alive or dead or something. And if, like, for some reason you already knew the names of the asteroids, maybe you would have been able to piece together the whole thing about the Amazonas Quartet. But, like, I was 10, so <laughs> I learned the name of the asteroids because of this manga. Good for me. But I was precocious, but not that, but not enough, apparently. The Amazonas Quartet, of course, living in the Amazon, we find out later on, like, their little gems weren't there before they're awakened. And this is not where the Amazons of Greek mythology live, but the rainforest was named for that by colonizers. So it does, you know, of course, harken back. It all ties together with this idea of a group, female warriors, right? Which is what Takeuchi is, like channeling here with the amazon quartet yes i really love i have to say like i'm so glad that they get more time them. to shine kind of in this they deserve it yeah. i do love them they're just girls they're just girls they are they really are just girls and i they're love what you pulled younger. out here about them like about the the female warriors etc and also that like when you put them in that frame they also become kind of girl soldiers yeah they're all <laughs> especially like in the flashback to the silver millennium i'm like they're just girls they're just child soldiers <laughs> they're just child soldiers but i think that's what resonates so much at the end when there's that clip you know when they're showing us like oh now helena saw something in us and that's why they chose us they chose us mm. and you have like the little colored balls representing them just fun marbles yeah, just little little marbles, like like uh, where all the good Janets go, you know, when the bad place puts oh their hands God. on them. Marbleized. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's something to that, right? Like, you see that they have good in them. Oh my God, they're broken men. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. I want more on them, you know? Like, that's the kind of stuff I'd love. Oh, screw all this other IP spinoff bullshit. Give me the Amazon S Quartet. Show me them in Chibiusa. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered like what that would be like, you know? It seems as though Sailor Moon took care of everything for forever. So like what do we even who are what are they defending us from? But then also obviously at some point, as we find out in this movie, Chibiusa she does it, she makes it, she goes through puberty. Congrats girl, yeah. after three hundred years, who knows how many more hundreds of years until she gets there, you know? Well, maybe that many hundreds of years later we'll get a s like a, a sequel series. Yeah. I don't know. I think Takeuchi might be done. Yeah, but I think she's done, but I wish she, she would do it, though. She's rich enough, yeah. But also... I mean, she set it up so that she could. You know, like, that if she ever needed to, she could come back and take them for a spin again. But I understand being like, I'm just not going to work anymore. Absolutely not. Yeah. And... Not when you're this happy. <laughs> right. Artistically happy. I mean, rich. I mean... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, but also, yeah, we had just such little hints of them. And maybe Chibusa 
it doesn't take hundreds of years, right? Maybe once she like knows herself, she goes through like her little Hotaru Renesme hmm. swoop thing. <laughs> Alia of the knife. Uh Zirconia, we come back and Zirconia imprisons the Amazon S quartet inside of these orbs and traps Chibi Moon and Saturn inside shards of glass. Yeah, and I, I'm like, oh, I got it now. You know, it's revenge for being trapped in the mirror. We're just trapping everyone in glass. And Yeah, this is so promising, young woman. Yeah, all six of them are put inside of Nehalania's. Zirconia just, like, puts her hands into the mirror and just drops them. I'm like, <laughs> I love that the glass didn't break. Like, what is this? Helios explains that the Golden Kingdom used to exist in Elysian, and it's the Earth's heart. Wow, did you know if you rearranged the wor- the letters in Earth, it's heart? I've never thought about that till now, but I'm sure a lot of people have. Why is everyone stressed out about the Black Roses in Elysian? We can just breed them to make golden roses and then sell them every single day. Um, but you have to make sure that you bred the black ones the correct way in order to Oh my to god, do that. you're right. You're right. These ones were all obviously bred the wrong way and they're not being watered by a golden watering can. Your Animal Crossing lore needs to be updated. No, yeah, I need to go find my new dream and upgrade my Animal Crossing powers. <laughs> Wow, Super Sailor Guardian Eliana. Guardian Force. You know, this entire episode is kind of coded in mythology, but there's this line here that I love that Helios uses, language of one from above and one from below to describe Hmm. kind of this balance created by Mamo and Usagi's relationship. And, you know, like star-crossed lovers, right? I think of maybe perhaps more Shakespearean necessarily than mythological, but I think of (laughs) star-crossed lovers. And there is language, actually, another Hadestown reference, there is language of, you know, like of down below, of heading downwards towards Hades' fires being below and heaven being above, right? Which is kind of where you see these two factions coming from. And it's similar also to as above, so below, Mm, which comes from a hermetic text, right? The Emerald Tablet, which was in Arabic. But the copy that claims to be a translation of Greek basically is where this phrase comes from. So there's like all of this philosophical debate about what it fucking means because of how it's translated and translated through several languages and hands and tomes. One of the more commonly accepted translations, though, is basically that which is below is as that which is above and that which is above is as that which is below. And it stands to symbolize that difference and also not difference between micro and macro universe, right? Like that we're just beings, miniature versions of a like we're a small universe in a big universe, Mm. right? That all of us are everything and everything is all of us and that we're like made of fucking stardust and shit. Which really reflects that idea of Mamo and Usagi and why they're so drawn to each other and to saving these universes over and over again and why they keep being reincarnated and being pulled to one another, right? And, and their spherical kind of control over planets and places. I just think it's like a really beautiful way to describe it for one from above and one from below. And of course, that you two were fated to come together over and over again and die over and over again for everything. That's really sad. Um, But maybe they don't die because she's like, wow, I have the silver crystal. No one like gets old and dies anymore in the future. Hmm. But I like what you're saying about the the as above, so below. And I don't know why I was like, did they reference this in Ava also, but I guess not. Mm. But you know what you're saying of like everyone being made of stars and having like this, this whole universe inside of them. And I do think that Sailor Moon is kind of driving towards that, like this idea that we do have like these cosmically amazing things inside of us because it does end with like, no, Usagi. And by it ends, I mean this part, Eternal ends with, we do all each have a star inside of us, right? And it's up to us to make Mm, that light shine. foreshadowing. It is. Oh, I love that. Oh, Eliana, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's our star's shining together we see a flashback it's in quotes as chloe's put here a very (laughs) random maiden who delivers a vision and they think that it's usagi right they definitely all thought it was usagi last movie but you guys when we look at it now i'm like yo that that button is pointy it's chibusa that hair is pink i know and helios is just He's a bad BF because he doesn't understand his GF's aesthetic and... <laughs> it's true, dude. I'm like, obviously, look at her. That is her colors. 
Yeah, you I stupid mean, unicorn. Maybe he was kind of far away, and he was like, you know, looking down. Maybe he didn't get like a good, a good look, right? Maybe for all we know, he has really bad eyesight. I don't know. Probably because he's fucking dead all the time. That's so true. I mean, he's Can't really eat any old carrots too. when you're dead. Really old too. And Usagi realizes that the golden crystal is inside of Mamoru. Congratulations. And I don't know. I also just am like, I look just like my mom. So maybe that's like Helios's confusion too. And oh, very Greek. Very Greek. Yeah. It's like cyclical. My mom and I are really different though. Unlike Chibiusa and Usagi. <laughs> I understand this. I'm like a long version of my mom. You're much taller than your mom. If you took me, you know when um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, when Violet Beauregard gets turned into a blueberry and they have to put her in the Laffy Taffy machine to like ring her out? Do you remember this? I vaguely, I remember out, her being a blueberry. I don't remember the Laffy Taffy part. Yeah, that's how they fix it. So they put her in the Laffy Taffy machine basically and they pull her super long to get all the juice out and she comes out super fucking long like Gumby ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Like just comes out like Gumby long as hell like she should hoop is what i'm saying she should be hooping but that's me that's i'm that version but of my mom yeah mm-hmm. yeah but there'd be no confusing my ass is what i'm saying no there would not be because i could hoop and she could not she really could not i would dump helios no i'm just kidding there aren't that many other like terrestrial not even terrestrial domestic fucking unicorn boys in this universe okay with their little bells yeah gotta take what you can get and i mean you know maybe she's just like i can i can fix him i can save him and that's exactly what happens in this movie so zirconia incapacitates <laughs> usagi and mamaru with a fog around juban and then helio sends elysians purifying crystals to earth blocking zirconia's fog and heals the group but then they kill him kind of he's like i used up the last of my strength on that prayer and I love that they do use the crystal d- thing as a defense system and the purification because it does create that continuity with, again, the second arc with what happens in Crystal Tokyo, right? When they're like, oh, we're being attacked, and then all the crystals come out, and then it takes the queen, which honestly seems like a really bad system, but whatever. No, not really. And I think that's like supposed to be a thing, right? Like you're seeing, like, oh, this planet is kind of fucked like this time this age he's kind of he seems like he's running on nothing oh he is he's running on nothing he's just like i'm just a boy he is just no but i (laughs) mean that that he is just a boy and like you can see that he's run out of resources and like not to put this into like a war standpoint but that's how i think of it in a way too is like he's been battling this war alone for so many years and he just has found the people that are gonna help win the war and now he's dying yeah yeah it's wild like, well you know he's like i can at least trust they're gonna get us over the finish line we're here we're here yeah yeah and he's just a boy <laughs> zirconia attacks sailor moon and tuxedo mask and she starts spreading her nightmares all over their nightmares i guess who knows it's a space being tuxedo mask and others break free from nightmares after a bit of time. In order to break free from the nightmares, Tuxedo Kamen wakes Usagi up by, like, slapping her, I guess? Or is like, step out of it! They're nightmares. I'm like, sir, if that were me, your stupid fucking planet, you would just be on your fucking own. Alright? Like, we are not working together. Absolutely not. Not after that. And very strange. Domestic also, assault used to be much more acceptable. That's true. I guess media. it's that... In the, yeah, in the 90s, and maybe they're like, you know, this is the best way to get someone to be like, snap out of it, or whatever, in general. But I was just like, very strange. Also, quick thing, in the manga, instead of crumbling into stone, they just become like, old and melty. That's the visual. And I I don't know, I kind of like how they have this whole distorted dreams thing, right, of what's going on here, of what happens in their reality. It's kind of like how a kaleidoscope, right, or a shattered mirror reflects back a distorted image both the kaleidoscope and the mirror reflections of each other i love that i love that you've drawn the kaleidoscope from the first part back into it too that's so fucking great you've been taught you talked a lot about that last episode yeah we did and i love that even these dreams here these distorted dreams right sometimes the nightmares seem like dreams and sometimes the dreams seem like nightmares and i love that i love that like you don't know which is which right that beautiful little sequence back and forth when they're tiny is yeah. also a nightmare. You know, that's a nightmare, even though it seems like a dream sequence. It's a nightmare sequence. And I love that. I love those angles. 
there's an episode of Doctor Who that it reminds me of series five, Amy's Choice, and they're stuck in a dream sequence on and off, and they have to like figure out which dream is real and which reality is the dream. Mm. And one of the characters makes a very like out of time, so you gotta make a fucking choice and makes a choice that like had it not been the right choice, it would have been awful. It would have been bad. It would have been like you know, like you just killed yourself, your family, everyone in the world, but chose the right choice. So that's good. That's good. I think you've told me about this episode before and devastating. Horrible. I'm glad you didn't continue. Just <laughs> trying to reverse psycho- psychologically, whatever, me into watching the series. Um, and it is devastating. <laughs> what you were saying just now, though, about how you were drawing this like distorted thing and like how that childhood fantasy can actually be a nightmare is very much what was going on right in that first movie where Mm -hmm. they were like wow i'm fulfilling my dream question mark question mark and that turns out that's actually a nightmare because their real dream is something else and maybe that's kind of what was happening at the beginning of this movie with the outer century right they were kind of like Mm -hmm. oh something feels weird i want us to be able to stay in this like domestic fantasy forever but that's not really who they are. That's not, they like the piece, but maybe that's not really what they want because they're like, wait, what about our purpose as Sunshi? I want to transform and be with everyone again, but they feel like they can't be with their friends if they can't support them. So, no, that I, was I also think that is dream. like a structure. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think that if they had maybe more firmly followed that structure, right, and let that be like, uh, even just the intro of all of them living these dreams slightly and then mm. breaking out of it to save the day. If it had a little more structure, that might have hit better for that pacing that you and I were discussing. Yeah, I guess that was a thematic thing. You know, it wasn't a literal dream, but they were still mm-hmm. being woken up from it. Regardless, I got it now. Good. We did it. Reddit. We did it. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. The Sailor Guardians use their combined powers to blast and weaken Zirconia, who flees into Nihalania's mirror. And it's kind of like really funny the way it's animated. Anyways, Sailor Moon frees Chibi Moon and Saturn. Nihalania disappears, but Zirconia remains inside the mirror. While I think that the animation sequences for like the powers and transformations were lacking, this scene was kind of cool. Yeah. I really like the design and the art here. We'll come to the, the moment in a bit here, but you get that great shot, uh, the artistic shot later of the artwork of Nehalania and Queen Serenity. And yeah. yeah, I like some of the artwork and some of the color in this scene, especially uh, the Dead Moon Circus disappears, but darkness remains throughout the entire city. And then yeah. the Sailor Guardians and Tuxedo Mask teleport to Elysian. And we actually get this great moment where the Maynads are here. And they're kind of like vaguely Usagi shaped as far as buns and outfit (laughs) and Grecian, right? It's kind of crazy because the Maynads and Sailor Moon have a way different demeanor in anime manga movie than they do in Greek mythology, right? Because the Maynads in Greek mythology are Dionysus's female followers and they're kind of party animals. Like they're, they're... their name literally translates to raving ones. Hmm. And here they're portrayed as very demure, right? Almost like um, scrying and quiet and they keep this place and they, they keep the shrine and temple, you know, at peace. But Dionysus's followers are often portrayed as being so inspired by him that they're just like drunk as hell and dancing, dressing up in like fawn skins and ivy wreaths when they perform rituals and they're, mytholo- they're mythologized as crazy party bitches. So uh, I thought that was a really funny difference between the two. That is really funny. Maybe it's just because like Endymion is here and they have to look good in front of the boss. And also mm. they've just, they have been, they've been working too hard to even party, you know, with all, everything going on. I mean, they're literally Dionysus groupies, you yeah. know, in, in mythology. So it's I respect just like that, that they took a break. When we don't see them. When we don't see them. <laughs> Yeah. They're partying. So Nehalania deflects Super Sailor Moon's attack and hope is seemingly lost. Everyone sees a flashback of Nehalania's mirror in the past while, when they're trapped inside the kaleidoscope. I guess it distorts time and space too. I don't know. That's kind of cool. No, I didn't think about that. And Queen Serenity and the chibi cute little Sailor Scouts and baby Usagi again. Child soldiers. Nehalania was sealed inside her mirror by Queen Serenity after cursing the princess in a very 
Sleeping Beauty slash Maleficent style and then cursing the Silver Millennium and being like, you're all gonna die alongside tons of other, you know, compounding tragedies, Hotaru comments. She was just like, I don't think you did that. I don't think you can take credit for that all on your own. I love that. (laughs) I love it. She's like, yeah, but also a lot of things were going bad at that time. I, a historian, am going to tell you what. Yeah. Because she's like, what, seven now? My God. But (laughs) every time I blink, that girl goes up a year. She's like a year old. If you really think about it. Again, Alia slash Renesmee. I love, again, that still of art of Nehalania against Serenity. I would love a little, like, friends to enemies prequel story with them. Oh, my God. Like, fanfic me that. I'm sure it exists. I'll go on fanfic.net or AO3. We talked a lot about the mirrors last episode with it being, like, another dimension and reflection. And... I think it's great that in this episode, it has even more meaning. We see it uses almost a salvation and a promise, right? Chibi, you said at the start of the episode with the mirror from Neptune and how that is supposed to protect her and also promise that they're coming back. And sure, it does. That That is what it means. They do come back. But also the mirror as the ultimate weapon, not only used to trap the inner senshi inside, but also used against Super Sailor Moon in a way since she used mm. it against Nehalania in the past well her mom did but you know it's basically all of them they're all the same the three faces of the moon i don't know it's not unlike perseus using a mirrored shield to trap medusa when i think about it too it reminds me of that a little bit of trapping someone Mm. in a mirror trapping their soul and realistically mirrors you know kind of symbolize self-reflection right which is what usually catalysts the scouts to their next evolution mirroring our souls our minds becoming super sailor scouts because you've kind of stumbled across finally and gotten over that uh that piece of work on yourself that you need to do i did want to share from roman mythology something about a mirror which if you take venus's symbol and you know turn it upside down it is a mirror or right side up even both ways it's a mirror yes isn't that interesting so i didn't know that yeah ironically the mirror is neptune's weapon right Mirrors also are kind of represented by bellflowers because bellflowers are shaped or were shaped and seen as a mirror shape. So in Roman mythology, Venus misplaces her mirror and a shepherd boy finds it and he refuses to give it back. And when she tries to take it back from him, the mirror shatters and everywhere where the shards land, bellflowers start to bloom. And of course, bellflowers are Mercury's flower that's usually in artwork of her. Yeah, uh, or other things. Sometimes here and there, there's a little introduction with her and you'll see some bellflowers on it. So really, it doesn't mean anything, but I just wanted to tell you this story because I thought it was kind of fun. (laughs) I was like, oh, bellflowers, mirrors. Yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously mirrors play a lot in this. And this and Venus Mm -hmm. obviously always plays a pretty big role. And yeah, I don't know why I thought, and this must be from the 90s anime, because it's, I don't think very much in the manga, but it seemed a little implied that Nehalania not only was like from the mirror world or darkness inside the moon, but like on the dark side of the moon. And like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I just am like, it was really rude not to invite her. Like, she's just alone over there on the other side. So rude. And it's giving like climate change refugee shit in a way. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, let her come to the party. Why are you making her live in the dark where there's no resources over there? Right. Like, what the? What the fuck? And maybe, you know, she's just more of an introvert. That's fine. But, like, at least fucking send the invite and <laughs> let her turn it down. My God. Yeah, right. Like, for what? It's absolutely very much Maleficent, as, as you said. And I think that Sleeping Beauty storyline actually permeates throughout the entirety mm. of this arc, right? Because we dreams, are talking about the nightmares. dreams and nightmares. Yeah, like, when they're taking over the world, everyone is put to sleep. The entire castle of planet earth pretty much you know it's all put to sleep that's why it's a lot about like this dreams versus nightmares thing as you're talking about like that reflection of the self in the distorted sleep world and then also it it happens with how chibiusa saves helios right chibiusa awakens helios with like a kiss and takeuchi Mm. loves playing with those reversals of prince and princess roles and who's the hero and that's why you know True Love's Kiss wakes helios and then you have a bit of the animation this does not happen in the manga because it's not animated That's how comic books work, where they use like sand to like do some of these, I think, transitionary things as well, or like to make things come together. And I don't know if that's intentional or not on their part, 
but it could be because sleep in Western stories is very much associated with sand, right? You have the Sandman stuff. Well, Morpheus, yeah. Again, yeah, coming right. back to him, that's Morpheus. Yeah. Morpheus I think you're right. Plus M. Morpheus. So. Yeah, the the theme of sleep very strong. And not gonna lie, it's gonna be strong with me this evening, listeners. <laughs> that is our hope for all of us. I'm gonna take one of my little bennies, my oh pink God. Benadryl, my God. pink Benadryl, not to be confused with benzos. Yeah, I was like, what? What are we talking about? Sleep. What are we telling everyone? <laughs> Holy shit! All uh, right, listen. In real time, Nehalania takes the silver crystal from Super Sailor Moon, and she's about to become like the true ruler of the universe and all that shit, right? But Usagi and Tuxedo Mask kiss, breaking free from the nightmare and getting back the silver crystal. Super Sailor Moon transforms. She gets the other Sailor Guardians into their next form, their princess forms. And then she summons Luna, Artemis, and Diana. And they've all hit their next evolution, Sailor Power Guardians, which is really fucking cute because it comes with this little, like, miniature uh figure of themselves wow. maybe it's like so expensive it was like infused with soul i don't know what it is but it's so cute they're just like holding little versions of themselves that are like spiritual mini versions of themselves love that and then they call on their castles for power which i thought this was really interesting calling yeah. on their castles um and the pat like the crystal palace for chibiusa and these like you know, fortified buildings that have protected them or been crumbled. And they each have their moment to, like, call on their castles for power to give strength to the Holy Grail and to Sailor Moon. The other Eternal Sailor Guardians and Tuxedo Mask then transform Sailor Moon into Eternal Sailor Moon. She destroys Nehalania and her mirror, her bitch-ass mirror, and restores Earth and Elysian to normal. Yeah, and all their castles are pretty much named after moons of their respective planets. Mm -hmm. And I just realized as I was talking, I was like, oh, it's all covered in black roses because of the thorns that surround Sleeping Beauty's castle. I get it now. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I just got that. I don't know that I thought about that. <sighs> they're not going to turn into golden roses. Anyway, they're bread wrong, as you said. I like that here at the end. Nehalania is like, no, Prince and Demian. And she's like, I, I should be the one to marry you and take your hand and become queen. And I like that she's not even doing it because she's into him. It's not like Queen Beryl. She's just like, I should have married him and stolen his claim and, and like stolen his power. And as in A Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones fan, I respect it. She's like, I'm just marrying him for his claim. I respect the shit out of that, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't, she's like, I, I don't I'm serious. Like this man. She's a fun fucking antagonist. Yeah. I. She deserved more. Her dress was amazing. Oh, yeah. I love the design. To quote the bear, she stacked physically and mentally. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. why, Eliana? Why? And she is, though. You're not fucking wrong. That booty don't quit, and neither does that bosom. Yeah. And her hair is great, too. It was a little too oh, yeah. tentacly, but I love her hair. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be in her or be her. Yes. Eternal Sailor Chibi Moon uses her pink moon crystal to revive Helios. He's not dead. Everyone applaud. Yay, he's back, I guess. He did it. Was he ever even there? I'm like, he's always dead, I feel like. Like, I feel like he's, <laughs> like, been on this planet for so long that the only bit of him that's left is, like, this spiritual bit and then sometimes his kinney. The unicorn. Yeah, I think both <laughs> skinny. I think both Chibiusa and Usagi, they just have a like I can save him. Yeah. Kink, you know? Mm-hmm. That comes from her parents, you know. <laughs> so Mommy and Daddy issues, so they're all super jazzed about this pink moon crystal, which I mean, I would love if it were a reference to that Nick Drake album. I do like those songs. But I'm also kind of wondering, uh, first of all, obviously it's like because, you know, her color is pink and shit, but the pink moon is in fact a thing. It's like a Western phenomenon, mostly in North America, I think, be and is ascribed to the first full moon in April. And it's not actually pink, but it's named for the flowers that bloom during that time. And it's considered a symbol of rebirth. I don't know if this was actually what it was about. This year's is 23rd of April. Oh, wow. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so interesting. I just looked this up for you all. We're supposed and to have you know, a solar eclipse this April. Oh shit! April's that month, you know. 
Oh, I'm not trying is. to be uh, out there, but even people born in April, they're better. They're just they better. They really are. But the Dead Moon Circus very much might attack this year. Ah! Oh god, I'm ready though. I'm really ready, so somebody You're needs to awaken me and tell me. Yeah. You know, like, where's, is my cat going to start speaking more to me than she already does? Oh my god. Wake me up when April ends. So, the Amazon S Quartet reveals themselves to be sailor guardians of the asteroids, named Sailor Ceres, Pallas, Juno, and Vesta, aka the Expanse Sailor Scouts. Oh they're here, finally. Well, that's who they're finally. protecting. That's who they're protecting. They're all belters, and they're here to, I wish. I'm like, I would love... I don't know how, but Sailor Moon and Expanse needs to cross over for me. Somehow. Somehow. Helios escorts the others back to the surface but before he returns to Elysian. And there, Chibiusa and him have this very tearful parting, right? He's like, I will meet again, Chibiusa, small lady. Yeah. And he's Duh, like, they're going to get married. I know, right? He's like riding off on Pegasus. And I'm like, wait, so you're not the. Pe I'm like. Kilios and Pegasus just really I'm gonna spoil this movie for everyone. Detective Pikachu did <laughs> when shit got rough. He's skin changing, Eliana. That's what it is. No, it's not like his body was like it's like detect is Detective Pikachu about skin actually Detective Pikachu is about skin changing. Anyways. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Eternal very much is about Chibiusa growing up to take on her mom's mantle. Mm. Right. Uh, the first part had a lot more of that. The second part shows that in a different way. It even ends with her gaining her very own loyal sailor guardians, her own senshi, the Amazoness Quartet, which is one of my favorite things of the series, as we talked about. Like, these are child soldiers. And I feel like looking back at some of the other characters and some of the other young girl aliens or whatever, whoever they are, that get kind of roped in, and they're like, I'm doing this for Joy Sight, or I'm doing this for Pharaoh, I'm doing this for Prada, you know, like, the wise man told me to do it, and now I've thrown my life away, dying in front of the Sailor Senshi. I feel like we have so many of those characters, and none of them, that, that's what contributes to that flavor of the week, right? Like, mm, villain yeah. of the week, dead, villain of the week, dead, and it's also what makes this so effective. Had they given a real story to those characters past their expiration date in the story, this probably wouldn't have as much effect. So I'm not complaining about it. I love this. Uh, but it gives them it gives them a chance to be the villains that actually have real fruit and story behind them and go somewhere and aren't actually villains. And I really like that. It's kind of like the best change from the 90s. They get a chance at redemption. Yeah, I have always loved and wanted to know more about the Amazonas Quartet. So agreed i'm glad that we got that and they're like yeah we'll see you later too i love what you're saying about how and this season very much is this arc very much is also very chibusa focused as well right and like you said how she is learns to take up her mother's mantle but it's also kind of good to see that it's expanding maru's like lore and role and power as well like he gets his own story when it comes to protecting Earth and also his own like agency and power, kind of, so that we're not like, wow, he's so useless all the time. And I do like he was like, wow, I really doubted myself there for a moment. He's like, I'm not just a, I'm not just a burden to you, Usagi. I really give you power to. And she's like, yeah. Oh, it is a big mantle to pass on. Yeah, it's scary. It's good to know she's about to have like. She's got to have her own support team and knowing yeah. that they're there right now and not later. That's like, true. Like, Usagi wakes up alone and doesn't know any of this, you know? Chibiusa is, it's like how, like in The Good Place, right? Every time in The Good Place they get restarted, they learn more. Mm. Yeah. Every time you start something over from ground zero with the same knowledge, you will automatically do a better job, at least at parts of it, right? So... This is real mentorship for Chibiusa. That's a good point. It's a good thing she had 300 years to be a kid. <laughs> she should be real mm. good at it by now. I know, right? Yeah, Chibiusa and Hotaru getting to, like, absorb and feel their nightmares and thoughts and, and having sympathy for these guardians, right? Yeah. Having sympathy for what happened to them and understanding the Amazon S Quartet, like, they were just on the wrong side of the mood, man. Yeah, dude, they just, someone just came and corrupted their dreams and nightmares and told them, you know... These people don't want mm -hmm. you to have dreams. And they're like, wow, that's fucked up. And, and not just them, but I mean, 
the Helios and Chibiusa plotline, I think is perfectly, it's a perfect echo and end to end on them having their little moment of, you know, like, I'll see you again. And don't think this is the end because, oh my God, dude, A, they're so getting married and right one above one below. They complete the cycle. They take over the cycle from Mamo and Usagi. Mamo yeah. and Usagi did their job. They get to kind of maybe retire a little and relax, go on a vacation. And Helios is the new Mamo, and she's the new Usagi, and it's a perfect circle of one above, one below. Yeah, except I don't know if he's allowed to leave Elysian. Well, maybe that's for the better, because look what Tuxedo Mask did. Yeah, that's true. So he, you know, he's true house husband, I guess, but only in this one place. <laughs> that's okay. Maybe it's better yeah. he stays there. They're having a long distance relationship and <laughs> it is it is a perfect rhyme you know as you yeah. continue to continue this whole story and yeah i don't know it's nice to know that like chibusa gets has something to look forward to you know and it we can finally move on from her dad and stop being into her dad <laughs> no i'm serious i'm serious i know you are that's why i'm laughing so hard bitch <laughs> <sighs> but like Dude. you know yeah she does have to move on from her dad though you're absolutely right yeah so she's just gonna move on to this guy who i guess like shares a soul with him or something um shares a way blonder than him. her dad you know way that's blonder. true he does at least look different he has a whole like little spike coming out of his head so different golden oh eyes my God. and his little cool. white and blue outfit instead of oh my god his colors are yeah. the exact inverse his colors are literally the exact inverse i'm gonna puke he does have a very different fashion sense from her dad, so there's that. That's true. We were also talking about this a little bit last episode, but I mean, we do have that tension, right? There's all this time travel going on here with uh, Helios and Chibusa, but we also have it within the storyline of like what it means to be backward, looking backwards at things versus looking forward. You have Nahalania and Zirconia. It turns out they're the same once you start like really defeating Nahalania. You're like, wow, it was Zirconia in there maybe also all along, and... They oh. might have been separate. They might have actually, like, well, Nahalania is the one, like, who's really, I'm about to spoil a little, but, like, from the Galaxy Cauldron. So I think Zirconia is, like, a part of her. And I'm like, did she, like, expel this older part of her and this, like, in her quest for, like, vanity and that desire for beauty, kind of like Dorian Gray style? And it's, it's less played up here. And I want to say it might have been more of a thing in the 90s anime. I don't remember. But, you know, I think. It plays in with what they were doing in the earlier part of this arc with the constant de-aging, the like primitivization or whatever of like the people and like turning them into those kinds of monsters or not the previous season, whatever. But anyways, mm -hmm. versus like growing up and accepting and embracing aging, right? Versus always just looking backwards and, you know, I see this as a person who's like only 17 years old. And how you just, you do have to move forward, right? Like to mm -hmm. embrace that you do get older instead of just regressing, that you have to live and not just sleep in that dream. And there's also, you know, again, we were talking about Usagi's mom being like, everyone's got a star in their heart. And there's a lot of stuff here, actually, that sets the stage for the next arc, which is Sailor Stars or Star S, unsure. And the idea of everyone, again, like having to use that star to fight the darkness that also lives inside of them. Yeah, and I do want to come back to what you were just saying about Zirconia and Nehalania too, and that link between them, because I totally see it where Yusagi is empowering and enabling Chibi-Yusa to go on to have a life, whether it's mm. with Yusagi or without her in it, like enabling her to have her own life, her own dreams, her own thoughts, her own yeah, world. Yeah, her own boyfriend um, that's not her dad. Yeah, that because Usagi's she's doing with. that. And because so much of the first couple seasons and of part one are about that relationship and about that kind of power struggle of finding your own place, Zirconia is not able to coexist with Nehalania not being inside her mirror, right? And it mm. almost makes me think of like dimming another person so you can do things. Obviously, Zirconia wanted her to stay in the mirror so that Zirconia could be out there trying to find Pegasus to hopefully bring it all to reality and make it so they can all coexist. But she was willing to put Nahalania away, almost like a Rapunzel-esque thing, right? Like, keep her in the mirror so I can go do the dirty work or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Which, which kind of makes me also sad for Nahalania. Like, Nahalania just wanted a life, 
of her own. If she and Zirconia are, like, the same person, then that's interesting. Like, she sends out that, again, the Dorian Gray thing, like, Zirconia out there to do all that stuff, and you just don't, like you were saying, you don't live that life. You, maybe you stay, like, super hot with your titties in your cool-ass dress <laughs> all the time. But you didn't live. Yeah. You didn't live. Yeah. But also, yeah. she wasn't allowed to because Queen Serenity uh, forced her in there, <laughs> which was pretty, again, messed up. She just wanted to party like the Maynads. Will someone let Nahalania live her life? What? Oh my god, give her a shot. Let Queen Nahalania finish her blunt. Truly, let her. My god, it's messed up. And you know, I think that's a wrap on Sailor Moon Eternal Part 2. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, that's Sailor Moon Eternal. Oh, let Nahalania finish her blunt. No, for real, there's a lot more there. Th this is actually hysterically the arc that want left me wanting more. Left me wanting more that I know I don't get because I know what happens next-ish. I mean, obviously it'll be much... I think it'll be exciting to see on screen when we get Cosmos and get to see how they play this arc out further. It'll be the first time that arc is officially released in the US. That legally we've seen it, yeah. Well, yeah, well, because it didn't, they didn't do stars in the 90s. Yep. It was too queer, too LGBTQ friendly for them. That was why I became an expert at using LimeWire and BearShare in the early 2000s, everyone. I think I watched it all on YouTube. It was either YouTube or LimeWire. I know no, that. I think, like, that's the crazy part. I think that they were, like, all on YouTube. Like, things mm -hmm. were different on the internet back then. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, things were way different. All the viruses, did I man. Maybe I did download it. I don't know. One of those. Maybe both. All the viruses I got on my mom's computer. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh, torrents. Torrents. <laughs> well... Thank you for coming on this journey with us to talk about Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon Crystal, Sailor Moon Eternal. We look forward to Cosmos being released. Uh, you can keep up on when that's going to happen on the internet. It's probably yeah, more reliable us. than us. Yeah. Uh, and also you can keep up on when we're returning with more Sailor Moon action or other magical girls on our main podcast or over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls gone canon. We'll probably also announce it on our social media on twitter.com slash girls gone canon C A N O N. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love for you to give us a follow, give us an email with any of your thoughts on this episode or on Sailor Moon Eternal or Sailor Moon Crystal or pictures of your dog or cat. Ooh, yeah. Yes, please send that too. Well, as always, I've been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I've been another one of your hosts, Eliana. Powering off for now with our moon crystal power. Yeah. We'll punish you. Girls gone canon. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're just girls. We're just girls. We're just magical girls. We're just, ma we're just magical girls. That's all. We're magical girls. We're going to go canon. <laughs> oh my god. That one's good. Thanks, everyone. Uh, good night. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye.